Greenberg. Welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. I have a very special guest with us. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about what you do? Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Appreciate the asking that comment. I'm going to share a little bit more. Um, my name is Greg Hansky. I'm a commercial realtor here in Austin, Texas. I've been doing this for a little bit now. Uh, some people are not so believe in this. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what I, what I get to do and uh, have the public public privilege of doing is working with business owners. And I specifically work with business owners and help them find uh, ways to expand their business um, at a location, uh, maybe move into another location that really does better for their for their uh, existing business. So I, I, and I tell people I use real estate as a tool. So um, I want to make sure that at the end of the day, business owners are always, they're focused on the bottom line. So I help them find that particular uh, parcel, whether they buy it or they lease it, doesn't really matter to me, but a parcel that helps their bottom line. They can either generate more top line revenue and and decrease costs, or they they bolt for the year. So So how long have you been doing it? Uh, Going on 16 years now. So a long time. Yeah. Primarily here in Austin? Primarily. So, you know, one thing I'd like to get your perspective on, and I've been doing this for a number of years, and is, you know, what has been the biggest change that you've seen over the last 10, 15, 16 years within the real estate industry, specifically for you personally? Yeah, um, I think specifically in, in with everything in real estate, it's all local. Um, Austin is definitely gone through a big change, mm-hmm. in, in especially in the, not only in the residential, but the commercial side, uh, the last five or six years. So 10 years ago, where you had more vacancies, uh, cost of construction you know, was definitely high for the leases or whatever. Now, you know, just the just cost of real estate, where we were leasing or buying, um, and, and the options for clients to pick from have really decreased over the last 10 or 15 years, just because um, there's not a lot of options out there, and people aren't going out and shopping places like they were in in previous years. Okay, so you know, what do you feel like that is going to mean, not only for the current state of the market, but sort of moving forward in a in a bigger picture? I think what what we're seeing is that these small mom and pop businesses are really having a difficult time um, handling the, uh, the the cost of the real estate. It's um, it, they they're, they're still finding places, but this this price through real estate market is really allowing the bigger guys to come in and sell those with small mom and pop businesses. So it's and I'm seeing a lot. Even in very healthy markets, we're still we're seeing long-standing restaurants, bars, other retailers having to close that business because the renewal rates and the leases are, are, are really prohibiting them from coming back to open for some reason. So you think that's from bigger real estate companies, or do you think that maybe that also has something to do with other outside factors that retail space, be it Amazon, for example, in general? I mean, do you think that that has anything to do with it, or do you feel like it's? I just think it's the the market itself. It, it, the it's the cost of everything, cost of construction, okay. the pricing. It's pricing up everything, and so it's um, it, it's it's proven to be more challenging to to operate a small business in a city like Austin because of the cost of, of the real estate. So it's it's a okay. um, it's not so much the the big guys coming in. It's more of just just overall the market is just it's getting more expensive prices and so it's um, it's only allowing 
bigger boxes that are in the bigger franchises and franchises depending on how much cash there is. Okay, so if you were someone that was maybe starting out in commercial or you were just a general mom and pop, is there anything that you would suggest to do to you know, make yourself stand out, make yourself combat that, do something so that you're not just pushed out of the way? Yeah, so here, um, I think you have two parts to that question. So mm -hmm. the first one was the, the, the commercial agent that was looking to, to, um, to, work, to work in this market. Right. And so uh, to help those mom and pops, I think you gotta focus more on those tertiary markets outside of you know, the, the core of Austin. So if you're in the core of Austin, Westway, downtown Austin, or even Union, it's gonna be hard to, to find a, a, uh, a place that business owners can afford. So find those other markets, either in Yarmouth or Cedar Park or what about Georgetown. Even in Georgetown, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where um, and, and you gotta focus on you know where where there's kind of a the hubbub of, of that community where they're still gonna get a lot of foot traffic and drive by traffic, but they're not gonna be paying the exorbitant rates right. that you are in downtown Austin. So I think if you can focus on more of those those are probably beautiful outlets too. Okay. Yeah. So so that so in the commercial agent that's why I would focus local business owners and then um, for for the business owners that are you know I, I tell them the same thing is just really focus you know if it's your first location don't focus so much on on the downtown locations that that are bigger unless you've got some runway and you've got cash that you can afford to have a longer yeah. runway um, I would focus on some of those those, those markets that are kind of out there a little bit so have you seen any shift in transitioning from sort of what the current market situation is to like what sort of is now within the real estate industry. Have you seen anything going forward here? Yeah, you know, um, commercial in general is very different than residential. I, I think residential agents in general have a, uh, have a better handle on the technology and use the technology a lot better than us Especially on the commercial side, has really been more old school word of mouth, like getting out, oh, really? meeting business owners, going to their business owner training, asking out, go to networking events, attend your events, um, different ways to connect with those brokers. That for me has been the, the best way that I've been able to connect with, with the business owners. And because business owners in general, and as a homeowner, are not going on the internet and Googling properties. I mean, they, they can they can find properties on LoopNet, for example, but a lot of the information doesn't reside on LoopNet, and so they don't need to have an agent to talk to to kind of get all the, the bits and pieces. Whereas if you're a homeowner and you're looking for your next home, you can go online, and I mean, all the information is there. I mean, a lot of home buyers, they know exactly where they're gonna buy, what house they're gonna buy, even before they even engage with an agent. Yeah. So it's, it's a different it's a different way, so you've gotta, you really have to find ways to get in front of that business owner outside the internet. So that's what I promise you about today in terms of connecting. Right, so two responses to that. One, I agree with you, and I feel like what could possibly shift to where maybe it will change to this commercial someday? You know, those are things that I'm looking at. Um, it's not shown to be the case so far. And then secondly, 
when you're at those family events or any kind of other local events, what is your best approach when you approach a business owner who's just very, you know, pass his head in commercial real estate, if you're looking for an advantage, let me know. Or, I mean, do you, do you, what do you do to differentiate yourself? Yeah, for me, it's not about me being a commercial People do not care what I do. If I can help them, that's what they care about. And so it's more about just asking them lots of questions about their business. How's business? What are your challenges right now? Um, how's your current you know, space working for you? Just really diving in and understanding whatever that business owner is trying to sell. So if I can help them on real estate, great. If I can't, then hopefully there's somebody else that can refer them to. I'm just going to provide value. It's not about going out there and, and talking up a dollar agree with that more that's one of the things that I really connected with you on right away was that you know that was definitely one of your own strengths and I think that that in and of itself what you just said is something that is why you're going to be successful forever because you have a very genuine and authentic way about you uh, you do you genuinely care about people and I've even recently interacted with other people that know you, and it's very clear that they feel the same way. Uh, so it's not just a biased opinion. And I just think that that is, you know, I've talked to a lot of other commercial agents, you know, in the last couple months, and that's not necessarily the feeling that I get with all of them. And I just think that that strategy or that, you know, genuine approach is going to help prevent other technologies from taking the value out of working with you guys. Like you said, in the te in the uh, residential um, space. And, and space, I think, yeah. yeah, to talk about the technology, I think, you know, the, the reason why residential agents, you know, they can generate more leads online is because there is this common MLS database that all homes typically go into. Right. In the commercial space. Will you just really quickly tell people what the MLS is that might not understand this So the MLS stands for the Master Realtor. And so every major city um, has a local MLS. So whether you're in Austin, Texas, whether you're in San Antonio, Los Angeles, they all have their MLS. And so, is that something that everyone can access, or just real estate agents? Real estate agents have all the; they can access it, and there's paid access to it. They have right. all. That's how they they get their listings in, and that's how they can you know find what's available. Um, the realtors' websites have a tie into the MLS, so that individuals on, online, homeowners, they can go search as long as they're typically real estate agents. They don't have to. They put in their email address and phone number so that they can call you or contact you later. But then once you create your contact information, they'll then give you access right. to the MLS. Okay. All right. Yeah. Continue. I just yeah. wanted to make sure. So, but in the, on the commercial side, there isn't this MLS, so to speak. The closest thing to the MLS is either a roofing or a coach sub. Right. Those are the only two things. And now they're together. Now they're together. Yep. Coach sub, hot roof sub. And uh, there are not all commercial agents utilize roofing or coach subs. A lot of them do, but a lot of them don't. In the residential world, if you're not, if you're going to be a, real, a residential agent, you've got to pay to be in part of the MLS. That's how they operate. And so on the ML, on the, the commercial side, you'll have realtors that they don't put their listings online. They'll just put a sign out, you know, on on, on a parcel, right? And right. so there's a lot of it's just not going online to find a, a piece of property. You really as agent you've got to really understand the market you've got to drive down and there's a lot of deals that are just done off market they're not even listed so it's this calling calling owners of land of 
building and finding out, you know, what what their wants and demands are. And if you've got a buyer that's looking for that type of help, they're just calling another investor. So it's a lot of a lot of um, non-traditional ways of of helping. Or what we think is non-traditional ways of giving help. You know, it's not just buying the book. It's looking at the columns and the list of subdivisions and things like that. Right. So I mean, do you see that there is a way in which assistive technology could impede on that, or do you feel that those are really still tools that are coming from government? I think until there is a common multiple listing service platform that can connect to five of them, it's going to be hard to have the technology work in that way because um, you're going to have a lot of commercial guys that just aren't a fan of that that platform and. They're just advertising work there. We even have um, uh, email lists that you can advertise if you're launched, and you can advertise days in advance. We've been doing this for like 20 bucks a year, and you can advertise your your needs and your your what you have and what you want. So if you if you're working with a client, you say, hey, I'm looking for this retail space, and there's this many square feet in this part of town. What do you got? And then uh, you know everybody else can respond and say, hey, here's my flyer. Or if you're advertising a building for a retail to sell. Put it on that list. There's a lot of these other mechanisms in place that not necessarily you have to use those multiple different services to get mm-hmm. to your client or um, to to get that that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last question I have for you is: Do you how do you feel like Amazon is going to affect the real estate industry as a whole? So um, there have been a lot of talks about Amazon and how the whole retail space is. So if you look at big retailers like Sears and Macy's, um, the old the old school, I mean, they're kind of going by the wayside. Um, you know, potentially even Walmart. And yeah, well, Walmart's having to change. Yeah, right. You know, they bought Jet.com. They bought some of these other companies that helped them compete more with with Amazon. Right. Um, I think what you're going to see on the retail side is that the big boxes. You know, you're going to have the big guys. They're going to have an online presence, right? Um, I think retail, though, you're going to see more of a shift in retail to more entertainment mm. and food. Okay. And if you look at the Domain, for example, they've done a great job of creating more of an entertainment de- uh, destination. And you've got some retail there, but there's right. a lot of just entertainment there and a lot of restaurants, mm-hmm. a lot of nightlife. And so yeah, I think you're going to see more of that happen within the retail space um, versus going to a mall. People want to when they go out. They want to have an experience, right? It's easy now yeah. to go online and shop. And I'm doing a lot of that stuff now. I would rather go out and have a nice meal with my family and throw ashes or you know <laughs> yeah. or whatever the, right. the, the cool thing is now versus go out and spend four hours shopping at a mall when I can go on Amazon or Walmart.com and just buy and have an experience. Time, time, time. 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 time so people are going out to retail now. Their time is called quality of time with their family and friends and actually having an experience. Now. Some of these malls and places transitioning into more of those kind of users versus the traditional enhanced retailers that we've had for the last decade or so. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Uh, do you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Yeah. It's uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, my cell phone number is five one two seven six nine three two three zero, or you can actually email me at Greg. Dot Campy, C-A-M-P-I-E at E-X-P 
Thank you, Ms. Gilbert.